0: I recently got my hands on some really compelling data, uh, and here, here's the thing, organizations that have made the switch to fundraises, digital fundraising platform, are seeing average online revenue growth of 77%. Now, that number is really staggering, but at the same time, you know, knowing the fundraise solution, it's also completely believable for me. I've been in this game for 25 years, helping nonprofits uh, grow and, and identify ways to level up their, their fundraising. And regularly, uh, I find myself referring uh, charities and ministries that are looking for ways to speed up their growth, to streamline processes, and to create a better experience for donors online um, over to my friends at Fundraise. So I recommend you talk to Fundraise today to see how your organization can grow uh, with Fundraise. And you can reach them at Fundraise, F-U-N-R-A-I-S-E dot Welcome to the Rainmaker Fundraising Podcast, your home for all things fundraising and nonprofit leadership. I'm your host, Andrew Olson. Before we get into today's episode, I've got a favor to ask. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please go over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate the show and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people and make a bigger impact in the world. So thank you in advance for doing that. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is Andrew Olson. And I am here today with Danny Lockard, who is the sales manager at Fundraise. And and Fundraise is a fantastic uh, online giving platform. I'll let her say more about it. But um, they are close partners of mine and good friends. And so I I can't say enough good things about them. uh, And I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Danny, welcome to the show.
1: Andrew, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and, and to be a part of the show and, and get to, to share a little bit more and, and hopefully add some value for, for your listeners here today.
0: Well, and, and I'm excited that um, we get to be the host of your first ever yes. uh, podcast interview. So <laughs> first I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. And congratulations. <laughs> um, we're going to talk a little bit today about um, sort of you know, kind of twenty twenty three predictions. What's on the horizon? What are you seeing in the industry? Before we get into that, um, tell our listeners a little bit more about you.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I can tell a little bit more about my professional side of things. But you know, first and foremost, um, I my name is Danny. I've been with Fundraise for um, a little over four years. Um, my background is mostly in sales, but I've had, you know, quite an extensive background in, in just uh, philanthropy on a personal level as well. Um, I'm based out of Southern Indiana, just outside of Louisville, um, prepping for some some cold weather here, but um, I love to garden. I love to travel and try uh, uh, new foods, and um, I love being on podcasts now.
0: Awesome. So, um, you know, I don't know about you, I, I did not get into this work. Sort of on purpose right I, I used to manage commercial real estate before I got into nonprofit marketing and I, I think a lot of people have kind of fall into it you know from one uh, arena or another what's your what's your origin story how, how did you find yourself working in this sector?
1: yeah um well you're totally right i I also did not start out in in the nonprofit sector nor nor in the technology space which you know i kind of live in a blend of both um i I have a sales background um, that that's kind of my professional landscape and um fundraise actually fell into my lap Um, i had a mutual friend working here and they were looking for more sales folks um so I was able to to join just on the merit of my own professional background and then realized quickly that this is a really great blend of of you know my professional experience and also my my passion projects and being able to to have an active part in philanthropy. um so so it's been a really great experience, um, and I've really enjoyed the ride so far.
0: Very cool. So, you know, as as someone who's leading a sales operation in an organization like Fundraise, I'm sure you get pulled in a dozen different directions, probably more every day. What what is it about the work that you enjoy most?
1: Yeah, Um, there are a lot of things Um, and I've actually served in probably every sales role at Fundraise besides VP, Um, maybe one day. (laughs) Um, But, you know, There's a few things. First and foremost, I would say just the, the the colleagues that I work with are are number one for me. Fundraise is totally backed by people that are compassionate and intelligent and, and combine those two to to really make an impact for our clients um, which is kind of the second part of, of this is being able to sell a product that is actually helping make an impact in the world, in our communities is huge. Um, you know, even commercial real estate has some sense of sales background. And, and you know that whenever you're selling something, it can oftentimes become dispassionate. You know, you're you're working towards a number no matter what. You know, as a business, there there are goals that, that we have in mind. But um, when I'm able to really kind of step away and look at, great, we're able to hit our goals, but we're also able to have this massive impact and help nonprofits and make life easier for them. That is 100% the reason that, that I've stuck around at Fundraise and, and plan Two. Uh, for the foreseeable future. So uh, that that's really what I love about Fundraise. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I, I don't really ever bring people on and do like a, a commercial pitch, right? Um, this isn't uh, <laughs> primarily a sales platform yep. for for partner organizations. But I think, you know, the, the uniqueness of your platform um, is something that people should be talking about. Take a minute to just tell um, listeners a little bit about, you know, how the company got started, why it got started, um, what's unique about your offering. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. arguably nonprofits could go out and work with any one of probably a couple hundred uh, organizations to provide donation, you know, processing and donation pages and those kind of things that y'all y'all do. But you you all have a, a really unique formula. Talk, talk a little bit
1: about that. Yeah. Um... So a few things. First and foremost, um, Fundraise was actually born out of a nonprofit. Um, so our founders were working at an organization together, um, and they were using quite a few different tools for online fundraising, which is oftentimes the case in in this space, um, where you know we're kind of piecemealing a few things to get kind of what we wanted, especially you know eight, eight, ten years ago. Um, so our, our founders, there are three of them, they, they were essentially looking in the market for something that was comprehensive, that felt modern, that didn't feel like, you know, we were taking a few steps back in time when it comes to technology. And, um, you know, they, they wanted something that was native to their own site. And when they were looking for, for solutions there, they really didn't see anything in the market. So that is where Fundraise um, kind of came to fruition. And because of that, you know it's really unique. Uh, we ha- that experience has been woven into the technology that we've built. Um, so, to put things in perspective, you know Fundraise is a technology platform for nonprofits, specifically those that are looking to grow online giving, individual or recurring giving, want to do peer-to-peer or events, and it's totally just comp- uh, grown and grown in terms of the product offerings that that are included under our, our umbrella. Um, some things in particular outside of just that kind of story and the background that we bring to, to our tools um, in terms of fundraise is, is we really are looking to, to shake the market up in terms of getting the best, most modern tools to nonprofits at the lowest price possible. Um, so, you know, we have a free version of our tools for folks that are just getting started. And, and even our base plans are some of the most nonprofit friendly pricing that, that I see out there. Um, we, we have a zero percent platform fee not to get too in the weeds because I can and I could talk about this all day. But, you know, we really want to put as much of the donations that organizations are receiving into their pockets and allow them to continue for their impact um, while having tools that support what they need today um, you know, and, and moving forward into the future
0: yeah i thanks for sharing that you know like i said i i don't I don't typically bring you know company represent, representatives onto the show and say, Hey, pitch your product but sure. <laughs> um but what you're doing is really unique and, and I love that um that you have like the the zero fee you know platform and the the low cost options and and i've talked I actually had a conversation with one of your uh clients yesterday um just by happenstance didn't didn't know they were a client and she raved about the the product and the service and and you know we've been friends for 20 some years um so she'd tell me if if she felt differently um but it was it was good to hear that and uh you know i i think you know this show is primarily about helping nonprofit leaders lead well and helping organizations yeah. raise more money so uh anything yeah. that we can promote and share that will help them do one of the two of those things is uh, is good in my book uh let's let's switch topics so you've been in this space uh, i think if i recall since like 2018 which it is long enough to have lived through the pandemic, through national civil unrest, through a pretty significant economic downturn. Um, as you look at you know forward to twenty twenty three, that's like a week and a half away. Um, are you, are you bullish on the market? Are are you um, are you concerned? Like, what's your point of view on where yeah. fundraising is going and how uh, how donors are behaving? Like, talk talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it's been quite a few years, huh? <laughs> We've been through it, I think, you know, no matter what industry you're in. But um, in general, I, I would say I'm bullish. Um, I mean, maybe that's the salesperson in me or the optimist in me. Um, but, you know, I have watched our clients over these these few years uh, continue to grow their online giving. Um, and to me, that's, that's a clear indicator that, um, you know, in my opinion generosity always wins um i was actually looking at some numbers because we we re- we tend to look at in you know, our clients achievements over the last few years and in 2020 um our our organizations continued to grow um, whether that was you know online giving or recurring giving um i think the biggest shift that i saw was just that organizations needed to be Ready for that digital influx and less, you know, in kind donations, less in person engagements. More, hey, let me leverage my volunteer base to fundraise online through a great peer to peer platform. Let me make sure I have all the right resources so that when people are visiting us online, they can do that. You know, hosting virtual events. Um, I think it really shows the tenacity of the nonprofit space and and those that really kept focus on their missions and and didn't let up are the ones that have persevered. Um, You know, you mentioned times of civil unrest and and all of those difficulties, too. I mean, we've seen I've seen our clients launch campaign pages overnight, you know, that are supporting. Um, Ukraine, or, you know, responding to legislation changes, um, advocating for human rights. Um, and it, it's just amazing to to see. And because I can see that kind of firsthand, I can actively give or encourage my community to, to give back. Um, you know, it does give me hope uh, for moving forward. Uh, but I do think you know, there is this need for, for nonprofits to be ready um, and, and be able to kind of make pivots, have the right tools in place and and have folks, uh, you know, leadership on their side to to be able to kind of adjust to the ever evolving landscape.
0: So So let's talk a little bit more about that. Like, as you think about the coming year, maybe the coming couple of years, what are the kind of steps that you think nonprofits need to be taking now to really be prepared, not just to kind of whether what's what we're going through, but really to capitalize on opportunities and to do well. What's next for them?
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, there's a lot of directions you could take this question. Um, In general, you know, I'm always going to lean into technology that makes life easier for you and that makes the donor experience as seamless as possible. But to take that a little bit further, I think in general, what organizations can be doing right now and what they should be focusing on is recurring giving, and donor retention, Um, especially with end of year right here kind of in the forefront. I I know it can be easy to really focus on new donor acquisition. Great. How many donations can we get in here before we hit uh, the the end of the month? Um, And that's important. But the clients that I see that have historic growth year over year um, are, are ones that really invest in those folks that are already giving or already part of, of the story or their narrative. Um, the way I like to think about it is, um, and, and I spoke about this recently, is uh, kind of like the a subscription service model. Um, they're, they're really popular these days. I don't know if you subscribe to any. I have a few in my life that I love um you know whether it's coffee too many yeah too well many, you know probably. i mean everyone's yeah. on netflix but there's even like I, I get clothes i hate shopping so i get clothes that you know get sent to me on a quarterly basis i can pick and choose i've got coffee and i just don't have to think about it but you know i'm, I'm paying every month or whatever you know the the recurrence is and i'm getting a value i'm getting something in return as a consumer um and i think nonprofits that can look at donor relationships that way too can really build sustainers that that are really bought in you know and it 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 could be as simple as you know just regular updates on programs and initiatives that should be absolutely something everyone's doing already but you know for our recurring donors maybe a vip experience or like limited edition merch um you know personalized conversations with these donors asking them you know what what drove them to get involved um i mean I'm a big fan of stickers in the mail every so often too. My, my water bottle's covered in them. you know, there's just, there's little things that I think (laughs) don't necessarily have to either break the bank or, or, you know, take away time from the mission at hand, but that can really start to build value around folks that are going to be sticking around um, that are going to continue to support their mission. Um, So I think that's a big one is just building relationships and not forgetting about uh, those folks that are, you know, Um, already bought in and how can we keep them around
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense to me so i'm curious as you think about the future next year the next five years that kind of thing what are the like what are the emerging trends that are that you're most excited about that might have an impact on our sector
1: yeah um there's definitely quite a few um and I actually spoke on this at the Nonprofit Innovation and Optimization Summit. Um, I did a, a quick little tip in between some of the larger presentations and talked about some fundraising trends to expect in 2023. Um, and in one that stands out to me and could kind of be overarching in, in a few ways, and we may have made up this term, so I don't, I'm not sure. But basically what we're calling it is just like the e-commerceification um, of the giving experience. Um, meaning you know how can we take what what happens when you know in the for-profit sector when I'm making a purchase online that is built to optimize and make sure that I you know purchasing as much as possible and completing that purchase and maybe coming back and shopping again you know how can we make that experience translated to, to the giving experience um, so so that's one that I think is interesting and you know to give you some some ideas of what that could look like um, First and foremost, digital wallets got to have, uh, I mean, if I'm on my phone, which is most of where I'm donating and or engaging or shopping, it got to have Apple Pay. Otherwise, I'm more likely to abandon that cart to forget about it. Um, you probably know the drill. Um, of course, there are plenty of other digital wallets out there. We've got Venmo, PayPal, Bitcoin, and, and historically donations, you know, to, to just from what I know are, are higher on average when, when those types of payments, payment methods are used. Um, Yeah. I see the same thing. Yeah. Um, In general too, just, you know, some things that, that we've talked about or I've seen are things like, you know, there's, we can have an abandoned cart feature as part of the donation experience. You know, are, are people getting distracted? Yes. That's a given. Can we make sure that we're still optimizing that web traffic and that donor experience so that, uh, that we're making sure that they complete their donation. Um, you know, we can automatically upsell certain donors to to a recurring donor right there in that first giving experience, which, you know, just ties into that whole strategy that I was talking about with recurring giving. Um, so really just, you know, having super modern technology, especially on the online giving front, that um, that is exciting to me um, and just making it, easier for people to give. Um, my colleagues will probably laugh at me when I say this statement because they give me a hard time because I say it all the time. I go to conferences a lot, but it should not be easier to, you know, to buy toilet paper online than it should be to to donate to your favorite nonprofit. Uh, so, um, yeah. And I mean, I'm
0: sure you've, you've probably trolled a lot of the websites I have on the nonprofit side. I mean, some of them are so painful. It, is, it hurts me. To even like find a donate button. Yep. Right. And I I just keep I say to myself, like, okay, do they actively not want me to give them a gift? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, but I I think a lot of times it's just like they they don't know how they don't have capacity. No one's assigned to it. There's no budget. I mean, there's all sorts of different reasons. Right. But in my mind, it's it's one of the most important pathways to bring new donors in 100%. and to build value over time. So I, I'm, I'm glad you focused in on it because, you know, making it easy is, uh, you know, th- that's the way to win at this point, I
1: think. Yeah. I mean, there's just inherent trust built when when the process feels, uh, you know, feels sleek and, and, and modern and, that I can do it easily on my phone that I, you know, is this a trustworthy, I'm putting money, you know, I'm, I'm spending money here, is this a trustworthy process? Um, and, you know, there, there are tells sometimes when you go to a site and it, it, it just doesn't feel intuitive, it doesn't feel native to their site, maybe I'm being redirected. There's a lot of things that can kind of play into the psychology of a donor too when we're talking about giving funds online.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So, so Daniel, let's flip this on its head. You know, that's what you're excited about. What emerging trends concern you? <laughs>
1: um, That's a tough question. And again, I am truly ever the optimist, but, um, you know, something that, that I think is, is concerning. Um, And I've had a lot of conversations about it lately, so it's kind of been top of mind, but I've seen a lot of folks, um, really want to steer away from the notion of virtual events and i get it we you know we went through a few tough years <laughs> where you know that's all we had and we you know there are a lot of organizations that are really bent uh, they have a really great event circuit you know they've got maybe some lavish affairs and uh, you know i've seen folks that have just felt you know maybe so triggered by the virtual experience that they just want to kind of shut that off um and I'm not here to say, don't bring in-person events back. No way. Um, I, I love in-person events. But what I think and what the conversations I've had with some of the clients I've been talking with is consider a hybrid option. Don't totally shut that door just because um, you know the world has opened back up. Um, consider something that maybe blends the two, um, where you can live stream for those that can't attend or maybe uh you know we have a limited seating capacity but then have that in-person experience um and and i just think it's a really cool uh, opportunity to to have more impact to raise more um and because of you know the pandemic and and everything there are tools out there you know fundraise is one of those that that allows you to do that rather easily uh you don't need to you know necessarily be some type of web designer or you know live streamer um so so i think that's an interesting example um and and also to kind of go on a tangent a little bit here too um you know a, a good example of that in in my community is the boy scouts of america did this um they actually did this in 2021 I was just looking at their site because it's still live. Um, So they hosted in in 2021, it was a fully virtual event. They live streamed it. They had a progress bar and the ability for people to donate and kind of just be a part of this digital experience, which was really cool in and of itself. Um, But... Like I mentioned, it was in 2021. Um, They they have kept that site up. They are still driving traffic there. It's part of their blog posts. It's part of some of their you know email campaigns. Hey, were you at our event last year? If you weren't, check it out. Um, And I was just looking at it the other day, and they are still driving (laughs) donations and traffic to that site, um, which just shows. I mean, this could have just been a one-time, one-day event and I'm sure it would have been successful, but now it has <laughs> expanded, you know, over a year now. Um, they've surpassed their goal. I think it was over a hundred thousand dollars now um, or by they've surpassed it by over a hundred thousand dollars. And so it's a, a really unique way to to leverage some of what we've learned in, in some of these maybe darker years where we weren't in person. Um, and so I would just encourage folks to consider something like that. You know, there's, there's something to be considered about reducing overhead costs to not limiting yourself to the number of seats in a space or the number of meals we can provide at this gala. Um, so that would be my kind of recommendation to folks that are building out their, uh, in-person event strategy for 2023 is, you know, not to forget that digital side. And then there could be some, some, uh, value there
0: yeah for sure that makes a lot of sense so uh, I want to talk about one other thing that's sort of an emerging trend you I know mean, it's been around for a couple of years, but really we're starting to hear a lot more about it now um and that's you know sort of ai driven fundraising right so whether it's um whether it's using AI and machine learning to uh to write your uh, appeal copy, which we you know it's been all over the, the the web in the last couple of weeks about that. Or using, you know, using uh, artificial intelligence to drive data modeling and identifying, you know, audience universes, or or even to use it um, to to influence your online giving platform and you know maybe what you ask yep. a donor for uh, when they land on your site, something like that. What do you see as like the potential benefits and the potential risks of leaning into AI in our sector?
1: Sure um well you know i'll caveat this first and foremost i am i'm not the expert on ai here but i can speak to how i've seen it um you know in in tandem with with kind of the nonprofits i work with and and just kind of the small window that that there's an overlap with what i do in, in ai um i mean first and foremost i think there's a huge benefit of being able to um, you know, make our systems and, and more importantly, make nonprofit teams more efficient. Um, you know, there's, there's always automations and triggers that technology can provide that can take some of that human load off um, and allow folks to, to focus on things that still require that, that human touch. Um, in particular, where I can speak most about this in terms of its benefits would certainly be the giving experience. You know, whether we're, using location-based AI to, to kind of understand where is our donor located, where are they coming from, what are they giving, you know, am I shifting the, the language on our site? Am I shifting the the gift, the ask string to, to reflect what's more common in that area of the country or the world? Um, same could go for, you know, potentially flagging high net worth donors and, and you know, triggering responses internally, um, you know, taking a donor through maybe a, a flow that encourages a recurring gift, even when they decided, oh, I was actually going to do a one-time gift. Um, I think there's a lot of benefit there. Um, and in terms of being able to optimize the digital experience, and I've talked a lot about online giving and making sure the tools are, are right for for the times and for the ways that people give. And I think that's gonna be a natural kind of progression is to see how can we also, you know, fine tune machine learning to, to you know, optimize, um, you know, when someone comes to make a gift on your site, that, that everything is triggered to make that as, you know, the best, highest donation as possible, the the best experience for that donor, and then set the organization up for, um, you know, longevity with that donor and. and accurate next steps based on you know historic information
0: all right so play the other side of that
1: for me how um and i think you asked about the risks too. okay yeah so again i mean there there's with any technology of course you know ai doesn't necessarily change anything um you know it's it's a tool and it's going to make teams more efficient uh, and effective. And hopefully it makes that giving experience, you know, more optimized, all of that. Um, but I think there's some risk too, if if an organization doesn't have, you know, the right follow-up processes in place, if they don't have the right strategies in place to support, you know, what what we're getting into with AI, that, that could be concerning. And, you know, while it's a scalable tool, there's you have to be ready to grow with that too otherwise you know frustration could be accelerated we could be biting off more than we could choose so i think you know there's a gradual experience that, that needs to happen um in, in this space and, and kind of as we look at you know adding more machine learning to the giving experience um and then i'd say just in general and, and maybe not to be too traditional but there is absolutely still a, a necessary human connection uh, that, that's needed in, in fundraising and, and kind of in the the stewardship um, of donors and in relationship building that, that I've talked about a couple times that, that I think, you know, we just, we can't forget about. I think AI and human connection can absolutely work in tandem and, in fact, make that human connection maybe even smarter or timed better or, you know, our efforts placed in, in the right direction. But... Um, you know, it, there's always a healthy balance there.
0: Yeah, you said something a little bit earlier in our chat about, like, I forget exactly how you said it, but, it, you know, what it makes me think about related to this is the idea that, like, if you can use technology to automate certain things to free up the humans to actually do higher level work, Right. Or to do the work that you know only a human can do um to to really move a relationship forward to advance a a, you know a a discussion with a supporter or a volunteer um that you you couldn't program right i think that makes a lot of sense so you know we're we're almost out of time here um but i I do want to get this one last perspective from you so it's you know late december 2022. i think even though fundraising revenues have looked good over the last couple of years. And even this year, um, even during you know, some of the economic challenges we've been having, a lot of organizations are still posting some, some pretty solid returns. But I also talk to a lot of fundraisers who are burned out, mm-hmm. who are worn out, who are asking questions like, yeah. should I even be doing this work anymore? Like what's what's your point of view? What's, what's your word of encouragement to the kind of frustrated, tired fundraiser? as they go into 2023, what, what would you share with them?
1: Yeah. Um, it, you know, this is the final push and, and even a little bit into to 2023 we'll be, you know, wrapping up the craziness that is end of year. I mean, my, the first thought as you're asking this question is just breathe. Just take a second and and breathe. Um, I, I really think, um, you know, what I the the clients I speak with oftentimes, you know, when we've talked about burnout or talked about, you know, their roles and, and pain points and areas that that are, um, you know, discouraging is, you know, what what sounds to be really helpful is just kind of taking a step back to and remembering the mission, you know, whether it's keeping a folder of, you know, thank you notes from, you know, folks that have received some of your programming or some of your support or, you know, having, just reminding yourself of the impact, looking at some of those impact numbers and, you know, those days when you're, Making all the dials to the donors, and you're so close to hitting goals. Um, I think that that's just the the best way to to think about it is, okay, you know, this is not the effort is really worth, um, you know, what what's coming in return. Um, and it can get easy just to get sucked into the the moment of it all and, and the the work of it, and, and forget about you know the big picture here. Um, and that's a good reminder for even myself. Um, So so that that's the biggest thing I I would recommend. And in in my experience, and I think I said this before, I I really in my heart believe that generosity always wins.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, Danny, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for um, thanks for making your first podcast interview here on the Rainmaker. Um, How do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more, want to connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, they they can reach me. At, my name is Danny D-A-N-I, at fundraise.org. That's F-U-N-R-A-I-S-E. Um, they can also find me on LinkedIn. They'll find me by, by my longer, more professional name, Danielle, <laughs> Danielle Lockard. Um, those are probably the best ways to reach me. Um, of course, I'm sure they could reach out to you and uh, pass over a uh, Uh, an introduction as well. But yeah, I I would love to speak with any folks if this resonated with them, if they have questions or, you know, want to talk anything digital fundraising. I'm here for that.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again. Uh, Thanks for being here. Really appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. I, I really appreciate it as well.
0: Thanks again for joining us today for this episode of the Rainmaker Fundraising Podcast. Please don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review so we can get our message out to more nonprofit leaders. And as always, feel free to reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or at Andrew at andrewolson.net. Be well, friends. Have you read my Amazon number one bestselling book, 101 Biggest Mistakes Nonprofits Make and How You Can Avoid Them Yet? It's the book that I wrote with expertise from over 20 nonprofit leaders and their 300 years of combined experience. You can download it for free today. Just visit andrewolson.net and go to the free resources tab on my site.